I come from a large Polish family, and um, it's not, I see that hand, Kenny. Um, I, uh, when, we, when we get together for, for gatherings, um, it, w- it wouldn't be, you know, unusual for, you know, my nephews or nieces, who are many, um, you know, to, to bring, a, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or whoever. Those people would be seen as guests. We would never, we would never allow any guests that would, that would be at a family gathering to come in and to begin to do dishes in the kitchen or something. Family does that. Family does that. Family hosts. Family does the work. Family does the cleanup. And when you become a partner here at Restore Church, you are becoming family. You're becoming family and you're saying, hey, we want to pitch in. We want to help. Hey, let us do that. And we're preparing a table for guests to come in. Amen? Does that make sense at all? And so as I read off these names, I want to encourage you to come forward. And I know it's uncomfortable for people to be in front of people. And so I always encourage people to come and and look at me. I know I'm not that easy on the eyes, but I'm probably easier than facing everybody out there. So as I read your names, come on up. Steve and Teresa White. Why don't I just put these right here? This isn't a ball game. You don't have to applaud. I mean, what's going on? Um, Paul and Marcy Teachworth. Julie Peabody. Jason and Heather Kappen. Am I pronouncing that right? I always seem to pronounce it wrong. Kappen. Alexandria Foster. Jimmy and Kat Thomas. Kat, could you just come and leave Jimmy back? Um, Zach and Allie Week. You can come, Jimmy. Lisa, mercy for sound. You can come, Jimmy. Alexandria's not here. And there's Zach. And, oh, she is? Oh, there you are. I didn't see you. You guys didn't even listen. You don't have to face everybody. I'm sorry. You guys are brave. <laughs> Lord, get me through this first service. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much. Don't ask for much. I want to share theme number two. Uh, breath sake, be at peace among yourselves. Now we wa- now we exhort you, uh, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And I just want to encourage all of you um, that um, I've learned a couple things over the years, and uh, Lisa and I, and that is um, be be flexible. Um, don't claim like any ownership over, over any area of ministry, as I know you guys are all already involved. Um, but be flexible, and we're going to do our best to get you in the place where you could have the greatest impact and change the most lives. And also pray for the leadership here. Um, a lot of stuff goes on. A lot of things are said. 
um, pray for us. And if you hear anything out in the community, um, I like uh, to use the illustration. Pastor Dwayne has used it for years. You have two buckets, one of water, one of gas. Pour water on it. You know, I don't know why they do that either. That always bothered me. Don't say that. Um, um, uh, but uh, put out any fires and uh, just pray for us. Pray. I, I, if I could ask for anything, your prayers are probably more important than anything else in the world to us. And so we just want to pray. Honey, you're, you're over there. So we'll pray for Zach and Allie. Father, we just thank you for bringing Zach and Allie to us. God, we thank you for the gift they are, their family. Um, Father, um, how they've embraced already ministry, even as a family. Um, God, bless them. May all they know is blessing as we receive them in a partnership this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up Alexandria. Father, thank you for how bold and how strong she is so young. Father, let her be more than an example to her peers. Father, let her be a leader among her peers. Father, use her, use her, Father God. And we receive Alexandria into partnership this morning. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for Jason and Heather. God, thank you for the gift they are. Father, um, thank you for their hearts to work. They just have a heart to work. They have a heart to help. Father, bless them. Um, Father, may they get more from our fellowship, um, Father, than they could ever give. Um, God, I ask that you would just bless them and their family, and we receive Jason and Heather into partnership this morning in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for Steve and Teresa. Father, thank you for the gifts they are. Thank you for the wisdom that they have, Father God. God, I ask that you would pour your spirit out upon them, that you would, that you would bless them and keep them, Father God, and use them greatly, Father God. God, we receive Steve and Teresa in the partnership this morning in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for Julie. Father, thank you for the strength of character that she has. Thank you that she is a strong woman, God. And thank you for all the amazing strong women we have in this body. And Father, thank you for all the wonderful ways you're going to use Julie, Father. Thank you for all the strong friendships she has and for the many she's going to build. Father, we receive Julie in the partnership this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the light that Jimmy and Kat are to the body, Father. Thank you for their endless energy and enthusiasm, Father. Father, thank you that the joy that they have is contagious, Father. God, we ask that you would bless them, bless them, bless them. Father, I pray that all they would know is blessing, so much so that they wouldn't have room enough to receive it. Thank you for the, the, the many ways they've been a blessing to this body, to this church, to the families here, Father. And we receive Jimmy and Kat in a partnership this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for Paul and Marcy. Thank you for the testimony that they are, the testimony that they have. Thank you, Father, for couples like them that persevere and are blessed today. Father, thank you for their beautiful family. Father, thank you for the example that they are. And thank you, Father, for everything they've learned, all that they've yet to experience in you. And God, we ask that you would bless them as we receive Paul and Marcy into partnership this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We'll give it up for these couples, everybody. Hey, let's jump into the word. Luke 16, if you got your Bibles with you, Luke 16. Kind of want to pick up where we left off 
last week and kind of build from there. Want to build from there. Luke 16. Could we stand and honor God's word this morning? How many of you love the word? Amen. Amen. Look at verse 9. It says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Father, if there's anything that we want to be assured of today, it's that we're serving you. Father, remove idols, expose every lie that come with the worship of things that we worship other than you. Father, we place you in the highest place. You are the most high God. No one will unseat you. You are second to none. And so, Father, I ask that today, maybe more than ever, you would be Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We wouldn't have to wait for Jesus' return to hear it announced. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. So, Father, as we look at your word, even verses we've read already, I ask that it would explode, they would come to life, give us fresh eyes to see them like we haven't before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You can be seated. Just kind of recapping where we were last week and then kind of kind of build on that today how can unrighteous mammon make friends because it seems kind of contradictory it seems like a conflict here in scripture it says therefore if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust true riches you see mammon called unrighteous in verse 9 in verse 11, in verse 11. so we're, we're told to make friends with it. We're told to be faithful with it. And then notice what it says in verse 9. It says, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you in an everlasting home. We talked about how it says that when you fail can mean when you die. So however you want to slice these verses, here's what we know. We know that money isn't righteous or unrighteous, but mammon is, and so it's obviously talking about a spirit that is somehow attached to money, and yet we're told to make friends with it and that it has eternal ramifications. It talks about us being received into an eternal home. So any way that you want to look at this, we should be influencing money. Money should not be influencing us. And that God somehow takes money and he changes it into souls that are going to rule and reign with him for all eternity. In short, that's how I see this. We've looked at how when we tithe, we break a spirit of mammon. We've looked at how when we walk intimately with God, we break a spirit of mammon. We've looked at how 
souls are more important than money ever could be, and, and finances should be going towards souls, not souls being influenced by money. So when we tithe, we break a spirit of mammon. God then uses the money to further his kingdom and save souls. I want to build on that. I touched on it last week, just kind of scratched it. I want to, I want to look on that again. Go to Romans 10 and let's build on that. Let's build on it. Look at 1015. I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. It says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good, of good things. Notice how it mentions being sent. Being sent. Now, we're a lot better at starting churches today than we were back in the day. But I think that you would realize that in order to send someone out, finances are required. Finances are required. I don't know how you get around it. Um, to send someone out, you have to promise finances. The agreement when we started this church was simply this, and it's a lot better now. I always tell the younger guys, man, when we, Pastor Lee and I will say, man, when we started the church, um, it was nothing like, you know, it was back in the day. The agreement when we started the church was simply this. John will, will cover your salary for a year, and I, haven't, I even had to negotiate so I could keep the salary that I was making as a youth pastor um, and... Uh, and, it, you know, as when we started the church, I said, can I at least keep what I'm making? I've got two little boys, and I would like to, you know, keep what I'm making. Can I at least keep that? And I had to negotiate that, and they said, sure, we'll, we'll do that. They said, we'll cover your salary for a year. If at the end of the year the congregation has not grown big enough to be able to support you and your family, John, we're going to reevaluate as to whether or not this was God or not. And all we knew is that God told us to come to Ionia, and so, sure, sounds good to me. <laughs> um, it's much better today. The, the, the families that are starting churches, they, they, they get a much better start, and it's much more thorough. The training is more thorough. My training was going on staff at the Granville Res, and I was doing everything from putting stickers on babies' backs to preaching to the youth to praying with Pastor Dwayne up at the altar um, for people. I mean, in any given service, I could have been doing anything anything. Um, and that was my training, to experience as much as I possibly could, to see as much as I possibly could. John, I'll go start the church in Ionia, uh, kind of a thing. And we began with 15 people in a house, and we just believed God. That's all we did. We just believed, believed God. But it takes money to send people out. It takes money. It takes money. Crystal and Elisha Stock that have been sent out from us and are in Kenya, or have they just left Kenya and are going to Uganda? They're in Africa, um, and uh, he is a missionary pilot, um, bringing supplies, dropping people off, uh, crystals working in orphanages. They had to raise a tremendous amount of money to go, tremendous amount of money. Um, Nate 
and Tiana Meek and their now three children, the little male and Ruth now, um, they um, needed to move from here to, to Ludington. It took finances in order for them to make that move there. Whenever you see being sent in Scripture, finances are always going to be somehow involved. I don't know how you get around it. It's just involved. It's just involved in the, in, in the whole quotient of it all. So when a church is healthy, people are both fed and they're sent out. Both. 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 I think the, 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 the indicators of a healthy church are not only are the meals good here, but they're so good that people are, are, are hearing from, from God and, and they're going out. I think that should be an indicator. And we're not shoving people out. My wife's going to say, honey, don't be telling people to leave. We're not telling anybody to leave. We love that you're coming here. But because of the giving of Restored Church, um, we were able to, to send out Nate and Tiana Meek and, and work with Pastor Jerry and Rachel Tice and Ludington. And it was an honor and a privilege. I cannot tell you how amazing it felt to be able to sit in my office with Nate that day and tell him that I had been talking behind your back. And his eyes got really, really big because he was wondering how this call of God is going to transpire in his life. And Pastor John, I know that there's a call of God on my life. You've agreed that there's a call of God in my life. And we're good with whatever the time frame is. And I said, all right, I've been talking behind your back, buddy. And his eyes got really big. And this is what I said to him. And I don't think I've ever posed it like this to anybody. But I said, there is an opportunity. I said, I'm not going to tell you where, but I'm going to tell you this. You are not going to be able to commute there. It's too far away. I want you to go and pray with your wife and let me know whether you're willing to go. And then I'll tell you where and I'll tell you who the pastor is. He goes, okay. Before I went to bed that night, we're getting a green light, Pastor John. I said, okay, here's the deal. Pastor Jerry and Rachel Tice, Radiant Church in Ludington. I've been talking to you about them. Can I give him your phone number? Yes, you can. And that was about where I checked out. Um, and, uh, and the conversations began. And they are up there, and they're doing a great job. And Pastor Jerry thanks me just about every time I see him for the gift that they are there. Amen. Amen. Man, I don't know, to be able to do that, um, I, I, I don't know if there's anything better. Um, in fact, whether you know it or not, we send support every month to Israel, to Russia, to India, to Central America, to South Africa, Africa, China, Mexico, as well as supporting the local food pantry and the Crisis Pregnancy Service Center on a monthly basis. We send out so let me just state this. When I'm talking about tithing, and I know it might chafe some people, but that's okay. I love chafing you. Um, uh, I want you to know that I am not preaching anything that my family doesn't do. I mean, my boys tithe. I'm not preaching something to you that our church doesn't do. Our church gives over 10%. We send it out. Our church tithes. That's how much we believe in tithing. It goes out. And you know what I found? I found that it takes faith to tithe. It takes faith. You got to be willing to step out. 
Got to be willing to step out. Why do we do it? Because our giving, our tithing is furthering the kingdom of God. That's why we do it. We'll be taking a missions team to Guatemala this summer because we believe that we take the gospel wherever we go and we send it wherever we cannot go and it takes money to reach the nations. Pastor John, God doesn't need money. Yeah, but he uses it. Uses it like crazy. The currency in heaven is love, but here on earth, God uses finances. I don't know how you get around it. Well, Pastor John, shouldn't you just believe God for the finances and what if God speaks to you? I think that we have one of the most generous churches around. Around. We are blessed. We are blessed. Let's look at some other scriptures. I've got three more portions of scripture that I want to share with you. Yeah. I'm going to do a couple word studies. Go to the book of 3 John. If you go to Revelation, you've gone too far. 3 John. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, book of Jude, Revelation. Go to 3rd John. Read verses 5 and 8, just a small one-chapter book. It says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his namesake, taking nothing from the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. When you send out, when you, when you release people and send them out. You are partnering with them. You're saying, I can't go, but I can send. I won't go, but I can send. I wish that I could say I've been in every country that this church supports, but I haven't. I've been in a few, and it's not my goal to go to all of them. I'm not going everywhere that the, the Jewish Voice Ministries are going to evangelize Jewish people all over the world. I've never been to Russia in and Rick Renner's ministry that we've been supporting for years. I've never been to Cuba where God is using Johnny and Carla Varican to, to reach people. I've never, but I can send. I can send. And when we send, we do well. What we do, we do for the kingdom of God. We do to further the kingdom of God. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. And to the best of our ability, and we try to do everything based on relationship, we make sure that these are solid ministries, but I'm not losing sleep over whether they aren't solid or whether they are. I'm trusting all of the, the, the testimonies that I'm receiving, the relationship that I have, how proven they are, and the fruit of their ministry. And I'm going to let God sort out the rest. My heart's right, this church's heart is right by sending out the gospel. And if that's not enough, know that you're giving also goes towards birthing new churches. A part of the tithe that we send out goes towards the Radiant Network where we are birthing new churches. And my goodness, we do a much better job than we've ever done before at sending out these new churches. We've got about 
50 churches in our network. We've seen churches just recently start in the Bay City area in Nashville, Tennessee. It is amazing. We've got churches in Denver. We've got churches all over. God is doing amazing, amazing things. And there are other countries now that want to come under the covering of Pastor Lee and the Radiant Network, and it is just made um, like Italy. They, there are pastors there that don't have a covering. They want to come under. Pastor Lee is asking me, "Do you want? Would you go to Italy with me?" And I'm, you know, let me know if we're going to do that. I'm, I'll need some time. I'm not like Pastor Lee; he's traveling all over the place these days, um, and I'm so grateful that he is. Um, but we, your giving is literally going towards birthing new churches, new churches. And new churches can, can, be, can be birthed a, a few different ways. Um, typically, it is somebody going into an area, renting a facility, and growing from there just like we did. And I'm so envious of the guys that walk into an existing building. I'm thinking, how do you rate that you get to walk into an existing building? You know how long I had to believe for a building? And uh, um, I, uh, I, I am. I'm jealous, and I'm working with that jealousy, these young guys getting those buildings. Um, so your tithes go to supporting locally and internationally as well as birthing new churches. Let me show you a scripture. And let's do a couple word studies. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. You guys like word studies? There's some wonderful truths that you get by digging a little bit deeper. Whenever I feel like God is, is calling me to look at a word or words I'm and today, because of technology, you don't have to have an expensive Bible program like I do. You can, you can go right online and you can dig into the original Greek and, and Hebrew. I'm blessed to have the program that I have. I love it. I have a Logos Bible program, um, and it's amazing because I know people are going to come up. Pastor John, what Bible program do you have? And there are varying degrees, um, but... In the Logos Bible program, you have thousands of dollars worth of references, thousands, and uh, um, it is by far the best Bible program that I know, and, and if this gets out to the Logos Bible people, hey, um, I just gave you free advertisement right there, so um, be nice to me. Um, Ephesians 4, look at verse, oh, so many, okay. 16. Well, I'll start at 11. I'm sorry, it's really hard to just jump in the middle of these verses. And he himself, this is Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, fivefold ministry. It's speaking of, they've been likened unto the fingers on a hand. Good way to remember them. Um, the prophet is the finger pointer. He points things out, the index finger. The evangelist is the middle finger. He's the one that sticks out from among the rest. The pastor is the ring finger. He's the one married to the church. The teacher is the pinky. He brings balance. And the apostle is the thumb. He touches all of them. Jesus gives these. No one assumes them. I don't know, you could desire as long as you want to. Jesus gives them. And if you have a problem, take it up with Jesus because he's the one that gives them. They are for the equipping of the body. Uh, look, at, look at verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. If I'm doing my job right, you're being equipped so that you're involved and you're doing ministry. Amen? So far, so good. 
for the edifying of the body of Christ so that when I'm doing my job as an equipper and you are doing your job, the work of the ministry, the body of Christ is edified. That word edified means to build up like you would build a building. So if there is formula for, for healthy church, it's for the equippers to do their part, for the people to do the work of the ministry, and for the body to be built up in love. Amen? It says, till we all come to the unity of the faith, there should be unity in the body. Psalm 133. How pleasant and fitting it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. I will fight for unity. I will drive anything away that's divisive and I'll make no bones about it. I will fight for unity. Because church people have some crazy ideas and I have no problem letting them know they're crazy. And I, and I understand we're not a church for everybody. I'm not trying to be a church for everybody. I'm just trying to do what God's asked us to do. Well, Pastor John, the church that I came from, we did, man, that's a, a good idea. Let's pray about that. Or you know what? That's just not, our, that's just not who we are. And I don't want to try to be something we're not because I've tried that and it's, it's rough. You know, I, 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 everybody I think has tried to be Pastor Dwayne. Good luck with that. I couldn't be Pastor Dwayne. Incredibly disciplined, machine-like discipline. I, I, I'm, I'm not him. And I'm not asking any of our staff to be like the staff at other churches. But man, do we glean from those churches? Absolutely. Grateful for them? Absolutely. Okay, I don't want to, I got stuff, I got stuff I want to share. Um, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to, the, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. So maturity isn't tossed to and fro. Did you catch that? Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, you should be able to speak the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. By what every joint supplies. That's where I want to camp for just a moment. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, you see it again, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see edifying again there. Every joint supplies. Many times in our English language, we have a few words for one word in the original, and this is, this is that case. Every joint supplies. The word there means to make available whatever's necessary to help or supply the needs of someone to provide for, to support, to support. So if we are all doing our part, all doing our share, we're doing whatever is necessary to send out the gospel. We're doing whatever is necessary to further the, the kingdom of God. And we're, and we're all in this and we're all, we're all involved. In the New Testament, in modern speech by Richard Francis Weymouth, verse 16 is worded, dependent on him, the whole body, its various parts closely fitting and firmly adhering to one another, grows by the aid of every contributory ligament with power proportioned to the need of each individual part so as to build itself up in a spirit of love. I just love that. Every contributory ligament. Love it. 
So every ligament should be contributing. Contribute, contribute. And notice that ligaments strengthen and, and, and bring together. If you didn't have tendons and ligaments in your body and you just had muscle and bone, man, it'd be so easy to get injured. Tendons and ligaments are very, very important. And if you've ever torn an ACL, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You need the tendons and ligaments and they bind together. You know, I find the people that are the most critical are usually doing the least. I think the world has seen the church's criticism long enough. I think they need to see our consecration. I think they need to see how we are set apart. Not because we, we live so differently, but because we are so differently. I don't think I convince anyone because I'm able to abstain from this, this, and that. I think I make a difference as I live my life in a way that says there's something different about that guy. Living in the same town, kids going to the same schools, working in the same workplace, living in the same neighborhoods, something's different. Something's different. Something's different. I think the, the church for years has tried to make a difference by boycotting and, and, and pulling back and saying, we don't agree. I think the church needs to step up and be a voice in these last days. Amen. Trying hard not to be on a soapbox right now. Let me show you what our focus should be then, Pastor. How does, how does this happen? And, and Pastor, we have families and we have concerns. I, I totally agree. So what should be our focus? Go to Matthew 6.33 and we're going to pull a word out here and then we're going, to, we're going to close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for letting me get all this out in a short time. Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I love the story that my pastor, Pastor Wayne Benson, shares about this verse. He and Kathy were dating, and he invited her to go to a concert, and the visiting guest speaker at the church was so compelling that he gave all of his money and put it in the offering before he bought tickets for the concert and was just so pumped about the service, as he's walking out the church door, he realizes that he promised to take Kathy, and he does not have any money to do so now. And so he thought, you know, I'll just call her and be honest with her. You know, she's a great gal. She'll understand. Well, when he called her to tell her she was so excited about the event, he didn't have the guts to say that he didn't have any tickets. And he completely ignored the fact that his mom said that he had mail. And so he went to the first piece of mail, and it was a belated birthday card from his grandparents with some cash in it. And he went to the second um, piece of mail, and I believe that pastor still has this envelope. And it was typed, no return address. He opened it up, and there were two tickets, front row seats to this concert, and a little note that said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. What makes it even more significant is that when he was praying about what to do, God gave him that verse before he opened up the mail. Here's what I know, that we can disagree and 
We can differ on things. But if we're seeking first, we don't have too much time to do that. If we're both seeking the kingdom first. Let me pull out one word here because it's an amazing word. Do you see the word added there in Matthew 6, 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Do you see that word? This is a great a great word study. If you look that word up in the Greek, it's the word prostisomy or prostisomai, and it's where we get prosthesis from. Just let that settle in. When you seek God first, he'll take care of your needs, needs so great and so profound, they're as necessary as a prosthesis prosthetic limb to somebody. You seek God's kingdom first. That's what you worry about. And all those things, man, God will add that. He'll add. Notice that they're added to you. Notice that they're not the things that you seek. I'm not seeking God for, for a car. I'm not seeking God for a house. I'm not seeking God for, you know, a spouse. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the kingdom first and he's going to add these things. And it's not that I'm not praying about those things. I'm just not seeking them. God, I really, really want. I really want. That's my focus. You know, I'm going to name that and claim that and name that and claim that and name that. That's not your focus. That's not what you seek. Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not stuff, not things. And all that stuff, that gets added. It just gets added as you are in pursuit of him and seeking him. It gets added. I believe God's will and kingdom are inseparable and they should be the first thing we seek. First thing we seek.